And this week, we have a long-distance request and dedication from the sidewalk outside to some random lady. This week on the Story Song Podcast. Now hear the tale of love is glory. Three friends who took inventorial. All the songs that tell a story. It's the Story Song Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. Every episode, we walk you through the world of a story song. And this week, oh boy, we got a good one for you. It's yeah. On the Radio by Donna Summer. Queen of Disco. Um, oh, the, the, Amazing. Yeah. One, just one of the best. Um, it's really on us that it took us this long to get here. But we're here now. <laughs> I, we weren't we're ready, ready for it. You have it. to work your way up to Donna Summer. Yeah, I know. That's right. I know. That's right. So let me tell you the story of On the Radio. And the, 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 the actual story is, is the thing I want to focus here. So we're going to come back around to this. But uh, just to keep with the tradition um, and the format of the show, this, the story is, is that our narrator, Donna, is listening to the radio when she hears someone read a letter from her ex-boyfriend. Uh, she surmises that her ex-boyfriend dropped the letter. Somebody found it and gave it to the, the DJ and for some inexplicable reason, uh, the DJ decided to read it on the radio. <laughs> um, our na- narrator hears it, and she says she is shocked and surprised, but otherwise seems surprisingly nonplussed by this turn of events. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the, this moves her to get back together with her ex-boyfriend, and now they're happy. And that's, that's the story of On the Radio. But done so, with the disco beat. We're going to talk about this a lot, but... Starting out with that sort of slow, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she did this, she does a few times like last dance and stuff, but man, it, it works every time. Last that, dance. That, that um, beautiful. Yeah. That beautiful tinkly, a little tinkly yeah. uh, piano. And then like when she's just like on the red, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then the beat starts and oh, it's I will say this. It's, so it's, it works great in the song when mm-hmm. you're at a wedding and they play well. Last Dance, and you're just <laughs> shuffling your feet back and forth until the sure. beat actually starts. It's the most awkward thing that you that you can have. So I wonder what this was like in actual discos, like how they dealt mm. with that at the discotheques at Studio 54. Hold because, on, let me call Liza. I'll find out. <laughs> could you please? Yeah. Could you please? Yeah. But you needed downtimes to run back to your table and do a line, right? That's so right. That's, that's right. probably what it... Or, I mean, or if you didn't Mick wear Jagger's, your necklace, no. Right. Or for Mick Jagger's wife to ride through on a horse. Those are the ones <laughs> you That's what it was for. That's what it was for. They'd be like, listen, Donna, you need to start this off slow because we need right. somebody to descend from a moon. And then right. when the moon is fully descended, we'll tell you right. how long it takes the moon to descend. And then that's yeah, yeah. when you can get the beat started. You don't have to tell me how long it takes for a moon to descend from the ceiling. <laughs> it should be before. Okay? I know. Trust me. Some of
So try to imagine you're sitting at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're listening to the radio. <laughs> and you the, the you're DJ reading the says, Saturday Evening Post. Sure. The radio is um, on in the background. <laughs> and the DJ says, hey, somebody found a letter and gave it to me, and I'm going to read it here <laughs> on the radio. Your first thought would be, what an incredibly strange thing to do. Why would anyone do that? Why would a DJ read a random letter on the radio? Because he's Casey then, Kasem and he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a very long distance dedication. Um, <laughs> and also a surprise one. But then, that, now that's already strange enough. But then as they start reading the, the letter, you realize that the letter is to you. <laughs> it's addressed to you. You just randomly happen to be hearing this. I mean, you could be, you know, this has happened on Z100. You could have been listening to PLJ that day, but no, here you are listening to the radio and they're start reading a letter that's to you. So All the I, stars aligned. So no, yeah. I, I want to say this, and I don't want to throw a, a cold uh, bucket mm. of water on this, but mm-hmm. it, uh, and this might, you know, you might go against this completely, but. Is it possible that she's reading a bit much into this and saying, because she says later, uh, right? They said, yeah, they, they never said your name. So they, they what, what are the context clues that she's using to know that this is a letter for her? My right. dear Donna Summer. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, right. Could... Dear Queen of Disco. <laughs> right. uh, th- that's, the, that's my question. The way that I always felt, I mean, I, 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 I've always gone back and forth with it, but like, yes, it's clearly about her. Um, she knows, and it's just like happenstance that she's seeing this, or is it that she's already in a headspace thinking about this ex that she hears this and everything is about their relationship. Everything is an assigned to her. Right. Well, let's, let's take a quick step back. Okay. And try to imagine what this DJ is doing. Okay. Because, he or she is like, oh man, I get, I need some material. Uh, I need some material for the radio show <laughs> yeah. tonight. What what can I do? Let's see, any uh, any uh, uh, top stories maybe I can discuss some some cultural events. Any like god like celebrity gossip? Hey, uh, hey, I found a letter on the street outside. Shut up, stop talking. Give it to me. I'll read it. I'll, yeah. Whatever it is, it's, whatever it's fine. <laughs> or nothing- desperate for content. There's nothing that the radio audience likes more than me just randomly reading letters from one person they don't know to another person they don't know that someone found on the radio. Well, that, this first of all, first perfect of all, content. First of all, there's entire shows based on that, Daniel. I mean, Delilah's, <laughs> Delilah's whole jam is I that know. she reads letters. So well, I, I was going to say, what if this is like a Delilah type show and she's just like, oh my God, nobody called in tonight. Right. <laughs> right. She turns to the interns and she's like, you go, go through the garbage, go through the trash down the block, <laughs> see if anybody threw anything away that we can use. There's two options because we don't get a ton of details because she doesn't say like, oh, this is how I knew right. it was about me. And this is how I knew it was from my ex-boyfriend. But there must be some sort of context clues. Again, like we alluded to, I'm sure it says, dear, your disco majesty. So she knows <laughs> that. There's very few people who that could be. Um, but yeah, there's some sort of context clues. They, they must mention something that could only be, uh, uh, you know, that's, that her ex-boyfriend could only know. And right. so she knows that it's from him and that it's, again, to her. She, she could have been listening to NPR at that point. I mean, she really had to be keyed into exactly what she was listening right. to on the radio. I mean, I guess this is, you know, probably the, the popular radio show, right? 
yeah. of the time. So, you know. Um, it's what everybody listens to before they go yeah. out to the discotheque. Right. It's what everyone's yeah. listening to. Yeah, yeah. Like you said. Um, and yeah. And, um, and the other thing she knows, like, he's got that overcoat. Right. It's got a <laughs> hole in it. A hole, by the way, large enough that a letter can fall through. <laughs> so how about this, man? Get a new jacket. And I she's... appreciate you're being thrifty, but if, you, if it's, you got a hole big enough there that an entire letter can fall out, that pocket's not holding anything. And she's been so... saying to him, she's like, you sew up that hole in your pocket. Right. Sew up your... But uh, you know what's funny? I do have... I have a coat. I have a winter coat that has a hole big enough that everything falls through, but there's a liner. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a hole in the <laughs> so liner just as like well. Stuff hanging in a <laughs> oh. liner. Oh, there's change. There's like there's like extra change in the <laughs> liner of my my winter coats. Right. Uh, it's great. It's like well, a treasure hunt. But but that's he, your savings. That's uh, my, that's, that's your right. retirement plan. Is <laughs> emptying right. out your coats when that's you turn right. sixty five. That's uh, and that's what's great is that we always right. know when you're nearby. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, by my jingle jangle. Um, yeah. but the. But that means that the hole is not only through the first la- layer of his overcoat, but through both layers of his overcoat. Yeah. I or mean, on the outside. Yeah. Because, you know, they have the, you have the outside. If it's on the pocket. outside, I'm glad you broke up with him. If, you're, if he's wandering around with a big hole in the outside of his right. overcoat, I'm yeah. not walking around with you. I mean, I assume her telling him to sew up the hole in his coat like that's the fight that broke them up yeah yeah, he was like i would rather die than sew up this overcoat i love that everything i put in here i love that my that i'm constantly losing my wallet because it's falling out of my overcoat every every other minute um but yeah so he's got a he's got a big this this, is and this guy's a mess Right. <laughs> once, once he's not he's with Donna anymore. I mean, he's just got holes in his clothes. I'm sure he's got holes in his shoes. Like he's I mean. just he's he's a disaster uh, without Donna. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. They never said your name, but I knew just who they meant. Now imagine if they did. <laughs> if they were just like, uh-huh. oh, by the way, this is from uh Steve Jones. Uh, it's to uh, his girlfriend Donna Summer. Uh, <laughs> again, double surprise, long distance dedication because neither of them know this is going to right, happen. Right, right. Uh, but right. I'm reading this letter on the air. Time to um, time to dish out some dirty laundry, folks. Right. <laughs> or what if the letter wasn't to like narrator character Donna Summer? If it was to actual Donna Summer. <laughs> Well, I mean, that is po- maybe you're supposed to interpret it like this is, you know, her actual like if if like if you found a letter to famous musician Donna <laughs> Summer, yeah, then I that. could see as a radio DJ, maybe right. then you would be interested in, in reading it True. on the air. But right? I mean, what, is, what I mean? What does the DJ do? Does he finish reading the letter and be like, well, I guess I guess we'll play one of her records. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Unless, unless, unless the DJ is Delilah, in which a song that has nothing to do with the letter will come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very specific. There. Here's this dedication, and now a song from the pre-approved playlist. Uh, the next verse. She says, whoa, I was so surprised and shocked. Yeah. I would think so. You'd Donna, be pretty we all surprised. Are. You'd be again if they just read a random a random letter. I'd be pretty surprised. Never mind the fact it turned out it was addressed to me. Um, I was uh, surprised and shocked, and I wonder too if by chance you heard it for yourself. I never told a soul how I'd been feeling over you, but they said it really loud. They said it on the air, on the radio. 
Um, by the way, this is where the beat kicks in. And yes. Dance so good. Radio. Whoa. Okay. So um, I wondered if by chance you heard it for yourself. Again, I feel like if her ex-boyfriend had heard it, uh, he probably would have, she probably would have heard something, right? He might have contacted her or at least heard it through the grapevine because this would have been very surprising to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, first thing he did was run and check his overcoat. Um, and it was like, ah, <laughs> oh, that damn hole again. Oh, man. Oh. At least my Maybe keys I are here. No, that. my keys no. too? Come on. Oh. Well, at least I have that Fabergé egg in there. No! Come on! Uh. Oh, I was bringing uh, my cat to the vet. No! no! <laughs> I've lost everything. <laughs> um, Gotta now, start he... keeping things on a bookshelf instead of in my coat. <laughs> or maybe a cat carrier. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the, fun- the thing is, no, if he had heard it, would his first phone call be to Donna Summer or would his first phone call be to the radio station to say, why are you doing this to me? That was mm-hmm. private. That was private. You just find yeah. things. Right. Or to his lawyer just... to like report a case of mail tampering. Right. Yeah. What if it was there was if there was a stamp on it and they opened up that and it was addressed to Donna Summer and they right. opened it up. That is mail that tampering. Is not fun. That is mail That's fraud. A, that is I'm a sorry. federal crime. You're well, done. then. So to that point, let's talk about what this letter was. Was it was it like was he on his way to the mailbox? Was he, was it just like a random thing that he wrote down with no intention to send? Yeah. Right. Was, was it like a new letter? Was thoughts? it an old letter? Right. Was that it like was an old question. love letter from when they were together? That was my question is, what, was it a letter? The way that she knew it was a letter from him, is it because it was an old love letter between them? And he, for some reason, was holding on to it and it got lost that way. And then she knew that he was still thinking about her. I don't know. Hmm. The world know. may never know. I mean, I don't <laughs> think it's an old letter only because she seems to be indicating that it was, it's what he's been thinking about since they broke up. Right. That's so it was true. Like, kind of like a get back together thing. Like it was an old letter. She might be like nostalgic, like, oh yeah, I remember when things were good. Maybe we should get back together. But this seems to be indicating because he also says, I never told a soul just how I've been feeling over you. Oh. So maybe they've been, they maybe they the have been. Way. Right, or maybe they have been talking, and he was like, hey, I just right. want to know, like, I've been thinking about what you said, you know, maybe that's how she knows what, that is by him, because he's referring to things that she told him since they've broken up. Right, right. I don't know. But, um... So she would have gotten yeah. this letter eventually. He was eventually going to send it to her, or he, he wrote it down, you don't know if he's going to send it, but if he did send it, she would have found this out. Right. But there's, like, that extra level of romance that she heard it on the radio by accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, such a good song. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, another question I have, too, is, like, how long is this letter? Like, if Well, the extended version the- is about six and a half minutes. The album that's, version... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, the, I have it written down here. The disco, the discotheque version... That's right. It's uh, 734, but we'll get to that later. Actually, I have, um, the, I have the letter here. All it says uh-huh. is, hey, miss ya. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That was the whole letter, actually. <laughs> That's weird. I assume See there would be more. Summer. Do you like me? <laughs> um, yes, no, maybe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And it was folded into a triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was just wondering if maybe, you know, because considering the year, if it was a lot of like, you know, I really miss you. 
you know, I, I think we should get back together. Things just haven't been the same. By the way, I discovered this new thing called Pong, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> we should play together. A lot. Yeah, I think it would be really fun uh, to play. Like, it's just a lot of, like, you know, inconsequential details. Right. The DJ's like, oh, I'm just going to skip some of this. Uh, I'll get down to the bottom here. Um, because, yeah, I mean, there is nothing more exciting I can imagine than listening to a letter being read on the radio. The first three paragraphs is just like, Mittens is doing fine, but she misses you. It's like, oh, my God, enough right. with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he loses that cat. <laughs> so I never told us told us how I've been feeling over you. Uh, not that it matters anymore because literally the entire city just heard it because uh, yeah. they broadcast it. Over the over the radio, um, so that cat's out of the well. Bag. No, but wait. So my question about cats that out is, of the overcoat. Th- mm-hmm. There we go. That uh, that well, always confused. That always confused me because um, it's a letter about he, how he feels about her. But then it says, "I never told a soul just how I've been feeling over you." So are you right. saying there's two ways to take it? Either a, they feel the same way, and she's reading mm-hmm. into that like what he's saying. She feels same. Um, or the other thing is that, like you were saying before, she said she they had already been speaking, and he wrote that down in the letter as well. No, I, mean, I think I don't just know. their feelings align. Right. Okay. I, it, okay. Yeah, either their feelings align. I mean, she could kind of be jumping all over the place. You know what I mean? Like right. she could be saying, like, I haven't told anyone that I want to get back together with you, even though secretly I do. Right. And secretly, apparently, you felt that way, and you were writing me a letter to tell me that. Or, like I said, they have, they could potentially be talking, you know, even though they're broken up. And she, maybe she said, hey, you know, I feel like I'm still in love with you. And then he wrote a letter saying, like, yeah, actually, I feel the same way. Right, right. Um, you know, it's it's one or the other. But, um, uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing I want to say is, so she said, they said it really loud. And I just, Donna, I just want you to know, just in case you're not aware. You are in control of how loud the radio is, uh, <laughs> yeah. not That's not right. the radio station. So if it sounds really loud, you just you just got to turn it down. That's all. Um, again, I don't. They're not like they don't they don't make it louder or softer at the, the problem radio is station. her her knob her volume knob broke. Yeah, yeah. it's either on That's, or off for right. her, <laughs> or she gets pliers, but she doesn't have pliers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I mean, you know. She she has his radio and uh, he's right. holding an overcoat. The knob broke off. His, he's just he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot Ridiculous. of problems. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't know how to maintain his stuff very well. So um, they said it on the air on the radio. Whoa, on the radio. Um, nope, nope. Then, there's two. No, no. There's two more, Dan. Okay, on the radio. <laughs> whoa, on the radio. Whoa, now, now.
love that we have a timeline. I love when we have a timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she says last June, so does that mean it's been over a year? Because another June has gone by, or does that mean the previous June? That's always confusing. It's like when you say I mean, it could be week. January. Well, and then November, six months before but... would be last June. Right. I so would it's say between last six months and... But it's like when you say, like, it's like if, if it's Tuesday and you say, I'll see you next Wednesday, and you're like, so wait, the next Wednesday? That's right. Or the, the next Wednesday after the Wednesday that's coming? Here's so what you say yeah. last It would be the June. following week because the next Wednesday, they would just say, I'll see you tomorrow. Here's what but I... That's, yeah. Yeah. Here's, what, I, what I think is that at least a season has to have gone by. Because if you yeah. say remember last June and you and it's July, you're like you mean last month. That's that was last month. You got to give me at least until fall till you say last June. <laughs> right. I, I think it's I say we're looking season. at between six months and a year and a half. Great, great. Yes, yes, yes. Well, because I'm saying now I'm not saying that people can't say things incorrectly. However, I think if technically you because like Michael said, you would you know if if it if it had been less than a year, you would say June when we broke up in June. But if you say last June, I think right. that means that one more June has come since then. Yeah, so but I also think least... that it could be, and I, I can't believe we're <laughs> focusing so much on this line. I, I, it could be just that the calendar year has changed. And at that point, it's not in June anymore. Because when you say in June prior to June, it would be, if it's January, no, you're going to say, when we're going to do this in June. That's in six months. Last June was six months before. Right, but if you say we broke up in June, you don't mean we broke up six months in the future. You meant I mean, who knows how that relationship's going? Well, I'm just saying. Uh, back I'm to the future. Saying. But yeah. also, Michael, I love that you said you can't believe we're spending this much time on a single line. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm this is what we do. First time listener. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. Um, so yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's been a while at least, and we know they broke up in June. Um, you know, the start of summer. So that's always tough because, like, who's who's she going to go to the 4th of July party with, right? Who's she going to hang out at the beach? Um, so it's like you want to break up. Yeah, they go to a – she goes to a 4th of July party and you're like, oh, how no. you doing? How you doing since you guys – happened. Uh, how you got, how you doing since you guys broke up last June? Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, what a weird way to say that. We broke up last, <laughs> last week. That's um, the, so odd. Six she, days ago. Are, is, she, is is this her th just thinking about this, or is she on the phone with him? Have they reconnected at this point? Well, no, the, I don't think they've reconnected. This is so she's yeah. just sort of she's just reminiscing as she's listening to the to the. Did they play their song after they wrote the after the letter? Well, I don't know. So she says, "I wondered if you'd heard it for yourself." So I think at this point, she could still be wondering, right? Right. Um, when she says, uh, doesn't strike you sad when you, when you hear a song, like she's saying, like, it strikes me as sad when right. I hear our song. So does it strike you sad? Um, and things have not been the same since we broke up last June. Uh, one thing being that we're not together. So that's one thing that's different <laughs> now since we broke up last June. Also, it's cold now. It was warm then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I want to hear is that you love me still. And you'll be coming home real soon. So is was that in the letter? Is she saying that I still didn't get to hear you saying that you love me still and you're coming home real soon? Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's like, I need I need this to be official. Yeah, I think maybe she I think maybe they that's not what he said in the letter. 
I think that's it's more that like that's she's still longing to hear that. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's in the letter. Yeah, she's, else she's is, hearing the letter. the letter. She's hearing everything on the radio. She wants to hear from him. Right. Right. Or she's saying, I want to hear it directly from you. Yeah. Yes. I don't. You know, now, do you I, heard think... it, I heard it on the radio. I heard it really loud. I heard it on the air on the radio, but I haven't heard it from you. Do you think when she says, don't, don't it kind of strike you sad when you hear our song? Do you think that he mentions the song in the, in the letter and then they well, play the song? That's what I, I said that like a minute ago. That's what I mean. That like, did they play the song directly after the letter? And if the, if he didn't mention it in the letter, then it's really freaky that they played it right after the song. <laughs> then at that point it's stalking. And there's some weird stuff going on. But yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I would assume they would say, I mean, unless it's because she's listening to the radio and she's thinking about their song because she's listening to music. Right. I mean, maybe maybe she turns off the radio and puts on their song. Right. Yeah. Or she's just saying every time I hear our song, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they played it at that moment, but she's just saying that that's how I know that I'm still in love with you is every time I hear our song. Right. It, it makes me sad um, and it makes me think of you. So, but yeah, I mean, he could also say like, Hey, remember our song, ba ba ba. And then um, Delilah goes, Oh, that's very nice. You know, there's, I don't know. What's a good love song from around then. Somebody help me. Michael, somebody, the carpenters hit me. Well, I mean, it's the disco era. So I assume it's boogie, oogie, oogie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He says, when, when, when I hear our song, the streak by Ray Stevens. Um, <laughs> no, if you want a Carpenter song from the era, I would do close to you. We've only just no, begun. I, don't know. I was sure. So he says, oh yeah. What's the one from the Simpsons? The close to, you. Birds? Close that's to you. Closer to you. Okay, I okay. mean, that's, that's probably like 10 years before this, but. Okay. Sorry. So anyway, but he, so she says, you know, where he says in the, in this, in the letter, um, you know, whenever I hear a song, Close to you by the Carpenters. I can't help but think about how much I want to get back, get back together. And then Delilah says, "Oh, that's beautiful." And then she plays a completely different song because right. it's just she on an automated Lift playlist Freak. that has yeah. nothing to do. With it. <laughs> yeah, I totally not related to this song, but I was listening to one of those radio call-in shows once around Christmas time, and you know the stations have their like pre-approved list, and someone wrote this really sad letter. Um, you know, about the holidays and stuff like that. And and they said, we'll play you a song just for you. And it was like, oh, the weather outside is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. But... Okay. Oh, man. Here's a song just for you. It's Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> We're sorry your entire family has passed was, on. Was killed in a fire. <laughs> was killed in fire. Here's Dominic the Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay and one um, person says i guess that does make me feel a little better <laughs> i mean at least those kids in italy are gonna get gifts this year because dominic can climb the hills oh man oh man did they play that song anywhere other than this area does anyone else know what we're talking I, about I, I feel like that is a very local thing right i can't imagine i, can't, I don't know they're playing that other other than the the new york metro area but well, we'll find out. Maybe, maybe, maybe people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, jing it's Dominic the donkey. jing it jing the Italian Christmas donkey. La, la, la. She says, and it made me feel proud when I heard you say you couldn't find the words to say it yourself. So this is the one I've always had a question about. Uh-huh. It made you feel proud? What? 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone should feel proud, but that doesn't seem like that word goes there, right? Well, maybe here's here's how I read this: that you know, okay. in, maybe in the past they've had difficulty with uh, expressing emotions, and maybe that's right. why they broke up. And so even even his ability to write in a letter that he can't find oh. the words to say it, and that's why he can't. You know, so she's, she's like, saying you've opened up. Yeah, you've oh, opened God. up, and you've had this. Yeah, God, I love this show. I, I mean, because that, yes, I Phew. totally get that. Right? No, that's a perfect, yeah, because she, well, I, what she's saying is, I'm proud of you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. A, you're opening up, because you were, you were too closed down, that's right. why we broke up. I'm proud to hear you say that you don't have the words, right? At least yeah. you're, at least you're admitting that this is so, you know, you're so emotional, you don't even know what to do about it. Oh, yeah, that makes the, perfect. Yeah, the last okay. thing, the last thing she said to him was, I don't think this is really about the overcoat. And then he got upset because he can't follow his, right. his emotions. And he said, it is about the overcoat. It's about you wanting to control my overcoat. Right. I like the hole in my overcoat, okay? <laughs> I have never lost anything because of that hole in the overcoat. <laughs> that hole in the overcoat is not symbolic of any hole in my heart <laughs> or in my life. Nothing. Right. It's just a hole in an overcoat. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to climb in through a window of my apartment again because I don't have the keys <laughs> to get in. And I will now, be curled up me. in the fetal position for the rest of the night. Thank you. I also had the number for a locksmith in my overcoat. <laughs> and maybe, so maybe it's they through were the window again. Yeah. They were both too emotionally closed off, right? Because she yeah. says, I'm proud when I heard you say you couldn't find the words to say for yourself. And now in my heart, I know. I can say what I really feel because they yeah. said it really loud. They said it on the air. So she needed to hear yeah. them say it on the radio. That's right. In order well, she to needed to know that he felt it for her to say right. it back. The yeah. radio is inconsequential. Right. The radio is it's just, just how, how the message was delivered. She didn't right. need it's to hear it on the radio. It's the it's conduit. the messenger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's literally if, if, the messenger. If he, if he tells her how she feels and she was like, this means nothing if a DJ doesn't tell me. Right. Then, <laughs> then that relationship is, is probably doomed. Right. Yeah. Listen, I, this monologue that you're giving me, this heartfelt monologue telling me how much you love me, I, it, it, I appreciate it, but it just doesn't really mean a lot to me. If unless in the middle you stop and tell me the time and temperature, um, <laughs> and then and then uh, uh, say the name, say the the call letters at the top of the hour. So that's right. if that could happen during this, that would really <laughs> really make it make the difference to me. Tra traffic and now and heartfelt and heartfelt <laughs> letters on the eights. <laughs> Look, I just want to say uh, you're the love of my life. I can't live without you. You're everything I've ever wanted. Uh, avoid the GWB right now. <laughs> All this in sports. <laughs> <laughs> That love isn't found on the radio. Who, who? I don't even know how to respond to that. What? What do you, is that a thing that people say? You know, 
guys, everyone knows that love can't be found on the radio. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's an expression, right? Uh, right. The, again, uh-huh. that thing that 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 thing that everyone says. Um, if you think that love can't be found on the radio, well, tune well, tune right in. Well, hold on, sorry. If you think that love is oh, if you think that love isn't found on the radio, well, tune right in. You may find love you lost. Cause now I'm sitting here with the man I sent away long ago. It sound it sounded really loud. They said it really loud on the radio. So <laughs> her hearing this letter on the radio made her re- re- reawoken her heart, and now they are ended up back together. And she sent um, him away. She sent him away. He didn't leave. She right. sent him away. That's all. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I never really caught that. That she sent him away, and she's giving bringing him back. Aw, mm. she's given him another yeah. chance because he opened up about more than an overcoat. Yeah. Communication, people. Sorry. He, just, he, just, <laughs> he just shows up at her door with a needle and thread and it's like, <laughs> I finally I'm ready up that to hole. fix my overcoat. I sewed up the hole in my overcoat and now we can get back together. She's I'm sorry. Close enough. Yep. Um, and then he and then he steps in in the doorway. And she says, "Now we got to talk about that hair." Um, <laughs> it is it, <laughs> it is weird that uh, in the last uh, verse here, it just turns into an ad for radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you just think you can't find love on the radio, you're missing out. Tune right yep. in. Come on down to Crazy Eddie's, where we got all the best radios. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's what it is. A stealth advertisement for yeah for transistor radios pick up the new lost uh, love transistor radio yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) if you're if you don't have a love of your life get a radio that'll that'll get them in you know it's like those those like old like x body spray commercials like two things have nothing to do with each other right right somehow they still link them (laughs) yep um all right cool uh anything else on this song one more thing Mm -hmm. the person that she is speaking to changes in this last verse because the first the most of the song is mm. to the man that she lo- lost right. and or sent away and this is directly to us right what a nice little you know yeah, it's the it's epilogue a, it's the epilogue yeah, yeah. there's an epilogue right. this is great well, it's also it you know it's like in a shakespeare play like at the end they turn and speak directly to the audience right and explain everything that's happened yeah, yeah. Right. This like is a... like the end of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's man. talking directly. She's now telling the story to us and saying how it all worked out. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- I love this song. This is a great song. Well, it's a great song. Does anyone have anything? Because I have one more thing to say before we move on to expand the universe. I don't know, but the way you said it's a great song, as if you're going to mm-hmm. ruin it for us, I'm real excited to find out what you're going to say. I don't know if it's going to ruin it for you. Oh, Nothing no. will ever oh, no. ruin this song for me. Well, but again, here's what I kind of discovered in the research, and I'm actually slightly embarrassed that it never occurred to me. Okay. Uh, not to undercut everything we've done here today. But <laughs> we've done some great work here, people. <laughs> this story is a metaphor. And okay. do you want to kind of guess what the metaphor is? Uh, for radio? For listening to the radio? Is it like a... Uh... So this song is very. Is it a radio similar. kill the radio? A uh, video kill the radio star? No, this okay, song never is mind. very. This song has has a similar idea to "Killing Me Softly" by Roberta Flack. Okay. So what she heard was a song on the radio. 
Ah. That sounded exactly like what she wanted to hear from her ex-boyfriend. Got it. Is that yes. true? Um, I mean, from what I read of what Donna Summer had said about this song, she didn't say that directly, but that she never said like, oh, it's a song about a letter. She's like, it's a song about hearing your song on the radio and realizing you want to get back. So that's why she said with your the love. thing. So that's why she said, says the line about doesn't it make you sad when you hear our song? Yes. Because she's and hearing so, the song. Right. So, so is she, so, is she hearing the song as a love letter? Yes. She's what well, she's so like in killing me softly. She says like he was strumming my pain with his finger. He was singing right, my right, life right. with his words. She, she's hearing this song and metaphorically is like this is what i want to hear like this is it's like a letter you wrote me because right. she also said that's also makes it more sense she says i never told anyone how i felt like she's like i can't this is overpowering me how this is exactly how i'm feeling yeah. this song is exactly how i feel right now so that's so that's the metaphor interesting wow yeah all right yeah yeah and again when i read that because I was, I was sort of researching it, being like, so I want to hear what this letter story is about. And there was a quote of being like, yeah, it's about hearing a song on the radio and <laughs> it, it, it unlocking your feelings. And I was like, oh, yeah, that does make a lot more sense now. Hey, Dan, uh, I'm, yeah. Dan I'm proud of you for not saying that right off the bat and letting us go through this charade. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Because if I said at the top, you guys would be like, oh, yeah, there's no story here. That's not just a big metaphor. But, you know. That's it, what I do. I led you guys along for a while before I revealed it. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, in fairness, I'm going to assume that half the songs that we talk about are metaphors yeah. and it never <laughs> oh, stopped course. us before. <laughs> no, definitely not. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the story's still, it's still a story. It's just, yeah, of know, course. It's, it's a metaphorical story uh, that has, has a larger meaning. I mean, a lot of stories, you know, are, are like an allegory. You know, yeah. if, it, if it's like an, like an Aesop's fable, that's still a story. It's supposed to be like, a metaphor for something else and teaching you something, but it doesn't mean it's doesn't mean that those that fox didn't eat those sour grapes or whatever that story's about. I forget now. But anyway, okay. So let's talk about expanding universe. Expanded universe. So the first thing I'll just start and just say this radio station is definitely BAI, and the person who oh, found yeah. the letters is Ariel. Oh yeah, um, this is from so Ariel found part. the letter and and passed. Yeah, this is this is a station out of Paramus. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was BII and Ariel found the letter in the mall and, uh, and gave it to one of the DJs when she brought the change back. So yeah. Cause she was trying how... to get in good with the DJs. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you what DJ she brought it to. I'm pretty sure it was DJ love. And after he read the letter said, let the music play. Mm, Ooh, that's right. Oh, yep. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. bet. Yeah. I like that. I like DJ that. loves all about bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah. Now we are all in agreement that uh that angie is also listening to the music right are we talking about angie baby angie baby oh yeah oh yeah angie's (laughs) listening to the same radio station there's no doubt i we got about one verse in and i was like angie's involved in this somehow (laughs) yeah yeah this is the as they're reading the letter that kid is being sucked shrunk down and sucked into the radio that's what's happening at that exact moment yeah maybe that's where donna summer's boyfriend is maybe maybe he was trapped in angie baby's radio that's what I was gonna say. Does she oh, or yeah. or does Angie hear the hear the song or hear the letter 
and use her magic powers to help Donna Summer get back with her man. Mm-hmm. So or that she has say, a friend. Yeah, or the fact that the that the boyfriend or yeah, the boyfriend is stuck in the radio. Maybe he's able to like subtly communicate yes. through the radio, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like in the first season of Stranger Things when the kid can speak through the Christmas lights. Right. Uh she is she he can no like, manipulate <laughs> it's not a it's not really a spoiler um also it's it was like five years ago michael catch up sorry um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah but so so he's like manipulating through the radio to like make the dj read this letter so that's another possibility um oh speaking of letters who's the only person that writes a letter that's maria so that's maria right. wrote yep. the letter for <laughs> for the the boyfriend is is rb oh my god i was gonna say is this rb is rb yeah, the yeah. boyfriend I think so. I think RB. I mean, it's his wife, but it doesn't matter. Had Maria write the letter. And then, now, because obviously that letter was about a divorce. But right. now he wants to get back together. So he has Maria write another letter, put it in his overcoat. It fell out. Uh, Which else? He said, read. you know what, Maria? I'll mail it myself. And he said, Maria, I know we've been dating now for six months, but can yeah. you take another letter, <laughs> letter about that'll help me together. get back together with my wife? Poor Maria. What a roller yeah, coaster yeah. of emotion she's been on for the past <laughs> six months. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, you are my secretary as well. So who else is going to do it? Because I sure ain't going to do it. Um, I'm RB for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, could you write a letter about how I'm firing you? And like, you know what? <laughs> she like storms, takes her uh, typewriter Stenopad. and storms out. <laughs> She doesn't really storm out. Those typewriters are heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she drags. Yeah, she drags it out. I'm, I'm leaving. Any, I'm going. Hold on. I just got to get a cart so I can roll this out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, no, I wonder if the song that they played on the radio was a uh, local contest winner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Or, if there's by a singer <laughs> named Pearl. I'm sorry. Yeah. Imagine their song was the P- pearls. The pearl song. Pearl song. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it is literally their song. No one else had ever heard it. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, I think we can safely say that this radio station is BAI. So yes. Ariel works there, and you know, maybe even 20 years earlier, like BAI had a contest that Pearl won, and she recorded. Yeah. So I think those those are definitely connections. It all questions. works out. So, it all works I out. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pearl's and a now, singer. She sings songs for the lost and the lonely. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what Donna is in this moment. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. They played it for a week or so on the local radio. Right. And where do they find those out? Those are the lyrics. She, <laughs> where do they find out that she does a nightly show? They're gonna be stoked. That's all they're gonna <laughs> do. <laughs> that's our song. We can get to go here. That's great. Uh, and then eventually right. they're just like, yeah, we should pick a new song. <laughs> Actually, on second thought, this song's kind of lame. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Madonna has sold 300 million records worldwide in a career fast approaching 40 years. But people only talk about the scandals and never the music. Here at Inside the Groove, we break it down. What are you looking at, Vogue? With access to multi-track sessions, demos and rare interviews, we look at the process by which her many hits were created. We examine and champion Madonna's skills as a lyricist, composer, producer and singer with access to rarely heard writer's demos. We interview those who have followed her journey and the people who have been with her in the studio with a detail never heard before. So join us as we go Inside the Groove. Okay, let me hear that. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be? So um, this song was released November 23rd, 1979, and it uh, peaked on the Hot 100 at number five in February of 1980. Um, so LaDonna Adrian Gaines was born on December 31st, <gasps> 1948. Oh my gosh, so baby new year. right in, yeah, yeah, getting right in under the wire of 1948. Love <laughs> it. Uh, born on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1948. Um, and uh, obviously she's better known by her stage name, Donna Summer. But LaDonna uh, is a great name. Yeah. yeah. LaDonna Gaines. Um, Oh Donna God, Summer that's was... a disc. Oh, who knew that even Donna Summer, even her non-stage name, is a perfect <laughs> name for a disco queen? Ladonna yeah, Gaines? Yeah. Are you LaDonna. kidding me? Ladonna yeah, Gaines. Yeah. Oh, come on. Um, so uh, Donna Summer was born and raised in the Mission Hill neighborhood of Boston. Um, while she was still in high school, uh, she moved to New York City to join a rock band called Crow. The band didn't work out and quickly dissolved. But while she was now in New York City, she auditioned for the musical Hair, um, which was starting up around then. Good news. She was cast, bad news, in the Munich production (laughs) of Hair. And so she agreed to move to Germany. Now, if you know anything about Donna Summer, you probably are starting to see where this is going. Um, Because now she has moved to Germany. Right. And she spent a few years in Germany um, where she did a number of different things uh, besides, obviously, starring in Hair. For a while, she did release a German language version of Aquarius uh, as a single in Germany, um, and she got married to a man named Helmuth. Is that how you say that? Or Helmut? It's a German name. I don't sure. Know. 
but all right, I think technically he was Austrian. But anyway, married to a man named Helmut Sommer, S-O-M-M-E-R. Keep that in mind. That'll be important in a second. Um, and she also had her first daughter named Natalia. Uh, so, oh, and she also was doing a bunch of like session work and doing like backup singing and, and that sort of thing. So while she was doing backup sing in Germany. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So while she was uh, doing one such session, singing backup for Three Dog Night, uh, Summer came into a contact, came into contact with a German record producer named Giorgio Moroder. Now, Giorgio Moroder uh, is a legendary producer, (laughs) um, a a pioneer in uh, electronic and dance music. Um, and in fact, was basically still writing and making hits up until his death, which I think was just last year, right? I probably should have written that down, but I think it was just very recently. And I think he literally had had a hit on the charts like in 2018 or something. So wow. he did it right up to the end. Um, but ab- absolutely legendary. I mean, literally, basically invented <laughs> electronic dance music and disco yeah. and all that stuff. Um, legendary producer. Um, and so Summer and Maroder formed a working partnership, uh, one that would last for decades. Um, and Summer signed to Marauder's label Oasis in 1974. So Summer's first album was a folk rock album called Lady of the Night hmm. that was released and promoted primarily in Europe. Now, besides the fact that it was the first album, this is the important part of that story. The demo tape for the album was sent to the label, and it was incorrectly labeled Donna. She went by Donna. Obviously, her, name, her full name was LaDonna, but she went by Donna. Donna Summer with a U. And that's how the, the uh, album was pressed. And history was, was made. Because it was mislabeled. Yep. And then they were like, well, the, it's already pressed. We're not going to take it back. And so the name just stuck. So Donna Somer became Donna Summer. And that was her professional name going forward. Amazing. So in 1975, Maroder was working for another artist. And Summer and Maroder wrote a song for her, originally called Love to Love You. Um, if you have a, if you're asking who that other artist is, I don't know. I searched really hard. Um, that name is lost to history, apparently. But they may not the want the s- anybody to know. Well, maybe. But the reason, uh, the way the story goes is that uh, Maroder and Summer wrote "Love to Love You," and Summer recorded a demo version um, with her singing. You know, to to give to this other artist, whoever it was. Uh, that. Uh, demo tape was passed to Neil Bogart, who was president of Casablanca Records. Bogart played it at an industry party, and the crowd went nuts for it, <laughs> insisting that it be played multiple times in a row. So Bogart's like, "Well, we got a hit on our hands here." Um, so he uh, Bogart suggested tweaking the song title to "Love to Love You, Baby," signed Summer to Casablanca, and Summer and Maroder produced a seven-inch single version and a seventeen-minute discotheque wow. version. Uh, the single version, the seventeen-minute version, I think, is the album version. Uh, maybe it's on the album too. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it was produced, you know, for to be played in a disco because it's yeah. seventeen minutes long. Um, and uh, the single reached number two on the Hot 100 in early 1976. Um, an especially notable feat since most or many radio stations uh, banned the song due to what was called Summer's suggestive moaning. <laughs> um, and so a lot of radio stations I mean, would not right. play the song. Uh, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a Steve. Love song. to love you, baby, is an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's definitely they they knew what they were doing. Let's yeah. just say that. They, they <laughs> right, were... right. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that again, a lot of radio stations 
refused to play it, and it still got the number two. Just goes to show the strength of how good the song was. So the um, the seventeen minute version is the album version. Mm-hmm. Love to love you, baby, is side one. Yeah, I think they actually did that a lot. Uh, I I think a lot of her albums would have like one or two very long songs on like one side. Um, and a lot of and a lot of the songs that you know, uh, you know, of hers do do have like these very long discotheque versions. Yeah. Um, again, meant to be played in discos, and they would just you know they'd be like fifteen minutes long. So so then after that, so now she's on her way, or she's she's arrived basically. Uh, she had a number two hit. Uh, in the states, and so after that summer, uh, continually working closely with Marauder, had an extremely successful string of hits, both commercially and critically. Uh, summer had a top forty hit in every year from 1975 to 1984. Woo! Wow! Uh, including Queen songs like No, oh, yeah. I mean, and the, and well, here's here's what I would say. The crazy thing is that her and Marauder basically invented disco. I mean, it's uh-huh. not like dance music didn't exist before, right? But they, I mean, they took it in a, in a completely new direction, essentially invented disco. She was the queen of disco. She had a number of disco hits, right, right obviously. But also those songs, like, transcend the genre. Without yeah. a like, doubt. She, yeah. she invented a genre, essentially, along with Marauder. And then, like, trans- and then again, transcend the genre. Like, there are some people who are really good within their genre. Right. And then there are people who, like, work in that genre but like again transcend it like are just like it's like so those those songs her songs work outside of disco oh yeah you right? can't pigeonhole her into disco i'm not saying yeah, yeah. that at all oh um, no i'm i'm just i'm just saying like this is how amazing she is right that like she she invented a genre and then transcended it and then continued on after it was dead right like most most disco stars, right, were done. Once disco was done, they were done. She continued having hits and including had one of her biggest hits after the disco era was over. Yeah. Um, and so I'll just run through them real quick. Uh, she had hits like uh, Last Dance, MacArthur Park, Hot Stuff, Bad Girls, all great songs. Still have not mentioned my favorite Donna Summer song. You guys want to guess what that is? Oh, your favorite Donna Summer song. Uh, Could it be Magic? No. Uh, I feel, uh, uh, I feel love. Is that her? Yeah, I feel love. Is it I feel love? Dim all the lights, sweet Dim all the lights is such a good song. The way. Oh my God. Uh, that song is so good. Turn on the it's old so Victrola. Oh, oh, she's good. <laughs> oh man, that song is good. And that is another song like unquestionably disco and yet completely transcends. Right. Disco. Like it is, it is just on a completely other level. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, she had, did have other hits, but um, Dim on the Lights, and then, you know, a non, at, once Disco was over, she still had her, one of her biggest hits, She Works Hard for the Money. So, unbelievable. Did you mention in, in that list, um, mm-hmm. first, you did not mention No More Tears, Enough is Enough, which was a duet with Barbara Streisand that went to number one. That's right. And is that one of the amazing. greatest duets of all time. That's right, um, yes. That's right. I'm gonna, Michael, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to give you space. I'm just going to say her at the top. Obviously, this is a surface we could right. talk for hours. I mean, she she her, her you know, every one of these songs we could dig into for a discussion. So this is a surface level thing. Uh, so obviously there's stuff I'm leaving out. Go ahead, Michael. Take us take it away. <laughs> well, you also didn't say Could It Be Magic, which was her cover of the Barry Manilow song, which is amazing. But okay. and you didn't say uh, I feel love. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of credited with creating it's from 1977 basically creating modern dance music <laughs> anyway dan michael's furious at you <laughs> no no <laughs> this is what i'm saying i couldn't i couldn't get it all in here so and i knew i oh, michael yeah. i know you know a lot of this stuff so so feel free yeah no i i mean that's obviously another great one I will yeah. say, I will say, no. Uh, if you haven't heard "No More Tears," enough is enough. It's it's one of my favorite Donna Summer songs and one of my favorite Barbara Streisand songs. And the two of them, those two voices working together, r- mm. pretty incredible. Pretty yeah. Fun. There is there's somewhere on the internet. There's a um. It's not an acapella version. It's it's the vocal track. Just to hear the two of them singing together with the 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 music track removed. Hmm. Those two voices, oh, yeah. oh my the, god! And they all and they both have their own spots, and but they blend in together so seamlessly. It's it's yes. really great. It's really incredible. And there's will... if if you uh, haven't heard the Slate podcast hit parade, they do an episode on Donna Summer, and I believe that's where I heard the story. Um, it's a great podcast. That I believe is where I heard the story that um, David Bowie, uh, upon hearing. Um, I feel love mm-hmm. responded by saying, I've heard the future. Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. amazing. Or something similar. That's not a direct quote, but it, it is. I feel love inspired. Um, the Madonna song, um, future lovers on her confessions on the dance floor album, like in 2005, that song is where dance music would go. So Michael, you're now yes. into an area that I know a lot about. Um, and I believe the story went that because Bowie was working in Germany at the right. time, um, and he was in Berlin, and his producer, Brian Eno, got an advanced copy and listened to it and went to Bowie and said, I just heard the, the future of music. Yeah. Um, because I think the story also was, I think the she did a concept album. Maybe it was her second or third album. She did a concept album where the idea was that it was music from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, which was contemporary at the time, uh, and then the future. Yeah. So there, was, were, there were four um, sides. It was 50s, 60s, 70s, and the future. And then the future was the disco stuff. And it was, you know, they were doing stuff that no one had heard before. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, like people on the inside, the industry who were very smart about music, like Brian Eno and David Bowie heard it and were like, oh, yeah, this is where music is going. Because it was still pretty, pretty early in the 70s. And they were 100% right because obviously disco would tick over for a while. So Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. That was the I Remember Yesterday album. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, I knew it was something about yesterday, but yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, w- no, what else? She's the best. Oh, I was going to say she's the best. <laughs> That's it. But one, so. one more uh, s- small anecdote about um, how No More Tears Enough is Enough became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by uh, Paul Chabara, who wrote a bunch of disco hits. He wrote Last Dance. He wrote um, It's Raining Men. Um, which is Homer Simpson's favorite song on the jukebox. (laughs) And he wrote this song for Barbara Streisand. And she, at the time, it was 1979, she was doing her uh, concept album called Wet, which is all songs about rain and water. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a great album. Um, And she said, I'd love to put it on the album, but it doesn't fit the concept. And so he wrote, I think, the opening verse it's raining it's pouring my love life is boring me to tears and that's how the song became no more tears and then parentheses enough is enough 
I love that. It's pretty awesome. It's like, we're putting this on this album. Even if I have to rewrite it, it's going on this album. <laughs> even, if, even if I have to take a uh, well-known nursery rhyme, <laughs> stick it in here. And shove it into and the And if anybody song. was going to make it work, it's going to be Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. Right. Um, right. And that song. Some, something in here about the, the cow jumping over the moon. I don't know if you're <laughs> following. The, uh, and the moon descending upon the dance floor. The yeah. The... The single version that's like four and a half minutes. The album version on Barbara Streisand's wet ver- album is, I think, like eight and a half minutes. Mm. On Donna Summer's on the radio album, that song is, I think, eleven and a half minutes. <laughs> I was... they were just they were just daring each other. Well, <laughs> like, gonna... who can release the longer song? Well, well, when you said the thing about it being eight and a half minutes on Barbara Streisand's album, I was like, wow, short for a Donna Summer song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you hit me with eleven minutes on Donna Summer. She's like, "Well, that's too short for me. I don't, I don't do like tiny little, you know, short ditties. You gotta <laughs> heft it up for me. I'm Donna Summer for crying out loud." Yeah, but Dan, to your point, like she is, you you can hear a lot of disco music, like the one hit wonder kind of disco music, because there was a lot of that at the time, um, and it sounds like disco music. Donna Summer songs sound like Donna Summer songs. Yes, that, that well, happened yeah. to be disco. It's not like that's right. It, there's there's nothing. There's well, no and, generic disco music. Like it's not the kind of disco music they would play, <laughs> like on a TV show where it's like this is a party and it's 1977. It it it's not like <laughs> like Anne's birthday party on one day at a time. Um, it's it's. There's so much more to it. There, right. it, it it takes its influence from other genres. Like, Bad Girls is not a disco song. You know, that's a right. rock song. Yes. Same yeah, thing yeah. with Hot Stuff. She's mixing. Other, right. Yeah, yeah. She's mixing other stuff in there. Yes, totally agree. But well, that's what I was saying. That I I think her stuff is unquestionably disco, but at the same time transcends the genre. Right. She's someone who you can not like disco, but you like Donna Summer. Right. She's like, she's, you know, someone we just talked about recently. Like, you cannot like country, but you like Dolly Parton. Because she does country, but she also transcends the genre. Right. Um, And it's the same thing here. Like, these songs just, I mean, first of all, you were saying she's bringing in other influences. So it's not that insular world of just disco, but also, like, at some point, just the level of quality just overwhelms you where you're like, fine, I don't yeah. like disco, but I do like this. You right. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's just, it's too good. I can't ignore it anymore. So. Yeah. Um, and, and beyond yeah. the genre, it's that voice. Like she has but one she, of the most incredible voices in, in popular music. And it's like, and again, I mean, you know, this goes back to the Dolly Parton thing. We're being like, you're just angry at how talented. Right. She yeah. is. Right. Where it's like, it'd be one thing if she was this talented as a singer. And a performer, right? But she's also writing these songs. I mean, she's writing yeah. with Maroder. Yeah, she's writing. I mean, she, like she she is a creative force, unquestionably. Like, and I think she produced as well. Like she's yeah. she did she's it all. She's doing everything. Yeah, yeah. She's got oh, her hand in every part. By the way, you you we left out one of her greatest songs, which is the song's amazing. Um, from because we are focusing since this is from the disco era, we are focusing on her disco songs, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1989. This time I know it's for real. Oh yeah, it's a great. Oh one too. yes, that's what I mean. Oh my she's, god, she's, she's producing hits in '89, guys. Yeah. She was the queen of disco and survived the death of disco. I totally that's insane. For- I totally forgot that was her. 
Yeah, oh yeah. man, she's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. I I don't think I mean how many other disco stars were still around like post like eighty one, almost none. Yeah, right. She's like one of the very few. Uh, there's a handful. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was, and there were people was... who adopted disco, like you know maybe like a Barry Manilow, like did a couple of disco songs, but he had done stuff before that, obviously, and right. did after. But she was the queen of disco and still managed to make it out. Um, okay, so this song in particular, like uh, I think I said off mic, there isn't a ton to the story of this song. Um, that's not a bad thing. It just was like you know it seemed like it was pretty straightforward. Um, so it actually was written for the 1980 film Foxes. Starring Jodie Foster and Scott Baio. That classic. Uh, I've not seen Foxes, but apparently nope. at the time it was it was a, it apparently was a pretty okay hit at the time. So, um, but uh, Maroder wrote the uh, the music. He gave it to um, Donna Summer. She wrote the lyrics. Uh, she she said she was struggling a little bit until she came up with the line. Uh, it fell out of a hole in your in your brown overcoat, however the line goes. Anyway, she said that came like a bolt of lightning uh, and then the rest of the song just poured out of me and I wrote it in like a few minutes and sent it back uh, oh to my Maroder. God. Um, they released three versions, uh, a four-minute single version, a five-minute and 50-second version that appeared on Summer's Greatest Hits album, and a seven-minute and 34-second version that appeared on the Fox's soundtrack. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the instrumental parts of this song were occasionally heard on the U.S. version of The Price is Right in the early <laughs> 80s when they displayed jukeboxes and stereos as <laughs> Sure, of course. So, of course. Okay. Why not? Um, and that's really what makes this song famous. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to touch on a couple of her uh, platitudes. She won five Grammy Awards. Uh, it was nominated for 13 others. She had 13 multi-platinum albums and 11 gold albums. Uh, in 2013, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Although, um, what's the word? I always posthumously. I the Thank you. Uh, after her death, and let me just say, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Ah! Come on. Um. Uh. We we have a show here on the Pantheon Network that's about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they they <laughs> they have the. I've been listening to it. It's quite good, by the way. I'm really enjoying it. But they have the same attitude that I have about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is. I really want the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to be cool, and it's not. It sucks. <laughs> but I, I will forever hold out the hope that someday it could be cool and they could actually get it together and get the right people into the hall uh, yeah. when they're supposed to. Because she was nominated, like, of course, she was nominated, you know, the first time she was eligible. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't put her they in for, like, six years. Right. And by the time they, they did, she was dead, you idiots. Put her in. Right. She's never. not a summer. She is a first, be- she's a first time Ballot, whatever, yeah, the, whatever the term is. She gets in the first yeah. ballot. Get out of town. Oh, sorry, you got to get the Moody Blues in there, but put in Donna Summer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway, so true. But she is now in the Rock Hall of Fame, as she should be. Um, and I Feel Love was inducted into the list of preserved recordings at the, at the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry. Um, and Summer passed away in May 2012 from lung cancer. So... Sucks, but you know, incredible woman. Yeah, the best. I will also say this: the album, her album that this is from, um, which is on the radio, Greatest Hits Volumes One and Two, is Mm. an amazing album. It's a compilation album of her previous hits. It, she had so many hits that it leaves off a lot of hits. Yeah, but what's great about this album is that the songs 
kind of flow continuously one into the other. Mm. And yeah. it's super cool. That's awesome. It makes so, sense. So, I mean, she wants you, know, you to it's, dance. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's two the original release is two records, but um so you know, it would start and stop after like five songs, but every song would flow into the next and it, it's so well done. It's not yep. just they didn't just take some existing recordings, put right. it on a record and release it. It it's produced as its own album and it's so good. Man, I almost said some Donna Summer tonight, man. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all Clearly. alone all alone in my house dancing to dim the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think oh, that's that's what you're supposed to do, right? That's right. Well, I'm gonna yeah, I'll flash the lights on and off. I'll do a ton of coke <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I'll dance around my empty house. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk about the lessons we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Want to be a part of the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. And if you do, we'll read it on the podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. The word has lost all meaning. Podcast. All right, we're back. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Uh, Rachel, let's start with you. Yeah. What lesson did you learn from On the Radio? Here's what I learned is no matter how much you want to, don't fix your clothing. Do <laughs> not mend yeah. your clothing because you never know how it's going to change your life. It might bring your long lost love back for crying out loud. If he had sewn yeah. up that overcoat, this would never have happened. Never would have happened. Yeah. Never would have happened. So you got those holy socks, you keep them holy. <laughs> and Just also put a lot of tailors out of business. <laughs> keep a letter in there. Yeah, I'm gonna have a bunch of tailors at my front door. <laughs> right. What are you doing to me? With pitchforks. Yeah. You're ruining us. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. You, that's that's why people keep holes in the knees of their jeans in the 90s because right. yeah. they, we'd heard this song and we knew that you know we, if you had a hole in your clothes you got to keep it there because uh you never know what's gonna happen yeah. maybe a letter will fall out of your pants through your knee hole someone <laughs> would find that <laughs> and they'll read that knee hole letter yeah 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 uh change yeah. your life that's what we in the 90s that's what we called love letters was knee hole letters um, <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> That uh, did not catch on. Um, I'll no, go literally, just... we literally we were the ones who said it. Nobody. Yeah, else no, did. the three of us. Just yeah, yeah, the no, three of tr- us. We tried really hard to push that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No dice. Uh, uh, I remember a lot of people uh, said a lot of things to us, like, uh, "Why don't you shut up, weirdos, and leave yeah. us alone?" Yeah. Um, so uh, I will say this. Um, so my lesson, guys, this is a little unorthodox, and I hope you don't mind. Okay. Uh, but I actually, I actually sold my lesson uh, to a sponsor this week. Um, and so what I would say was guys and ladies out there, um, are you looking for love? Uh, are are you not able to find, um, the love of your life? You're a little lonely, uh, buy a radio, um, how those two (laughs) things are connected. I'm not sure. Uh, but I just, I'm just reading the copy here as, as I said. So uh, yeah, just buy a radio and uh, it'll help you find love. Dan, we spoke about Mm -hmm. this. We Mm -hmm. spoke about this. Those radio shack people got to you again, didn't they? (laughs) Look, guys, I'm not made of stone. Uh, <laughs> as, and they're not as, even around anymore. They just keep trying to bleed you dry. They're trying so no, hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why, because uh, as Krusty the Crown once said, uh, they drove a, a dump truck full of money up to my house. So I, I could not. 
<laughs> I could not say no. Uh, this so, week's yeah, episode is so... brought to you by radios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even Radio Shack, just the concept, just of, the concept the radio. of radio. Not even like, not of a physical radio. Again, just the concept of the radio. Right. Uh, <laughs> the actual, phys- the radio waves. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it's yeah, brought yeah. to you by. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's so that's my lesson. So once again, the radio. Sell out. Sell out. Michael, what's your lesson? I learned that um, stamps are expensive. <laughs> Save on postage. Send all your mail to your local radio DJ. Yeah. And they'll read it to whoever needs to get it. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Just trust that it'll be found. Stamps yeah. are expensive. Just go outside your house and throw it on the floor. <laughs> uh, probably someone will too. find it. As long as it gets to a radio DJ who's going to yeah. read it to whoever right. needs and to hear it. And then the person who's sending the letter or who's sending the letter to will hear it uh, on the radio. So yeah, right. that's how I send most of my legal correspondence. Yeah, that's um, right. I assume that the various people who need to get that that stuff will just uh, they'll hear it on the radio. That so it, you know. And it really saves me the thirty-three cents or whatever a stamp yeah. is worth. No, I served <laughs> I served d- divorce papers twice just by calling up WCBS eight eighty. <laughs> oh man! Dear Time Warner Cable, enclosed, please find my check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Times eleven oh eight. And we have a a, a tenth caller. Uh, you've won the contest. Uh, what is your name? Uh, John, it's over. Call my lawyer. Bye. Click. All right. <laughs> oh, that did that. Okay. Got that done. Um, oh, and I, I apparently won tickets to see Ray Stevens. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been the story song podcast. Please follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you could leave a five-star review, we'd certainly appreciate it. And please, if you enjoy the show, tell a friend mm-hmm. and tell them. To listen to. Uh, we'll Write a letter, to- drop it off at your local oh, yeah. DJ. Write a letter, <laughs> throw it on the ground, uh, and hopefully it'll get its way to a DJ, uh, and they can they can tell the world about it. So uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cassell. We'll be back next episode with another great story song. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Find them at purple-planet.com. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. For even more great stuff from the Story Song Podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at Story Song Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next time with another great story song. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that went to. I think that went to number one. Michael, Michael, Michael! (laughs) Save it! Save it for the show! Here we go. I want to save it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 